It's a new year, Playmakers, and if launching a new or optimized website for your indoor playground or soft play rental business was on your list of 2024 business resolutions, I've got you covered. We now have a team of professional web designers ready to help you bring your vision to life. Our designs marry your aesthetic with what's been proven to work time and time again in this industry. And since we only work with play-based business owners, we have designing high-converting websites that can be complete game-changers for your revenue and income down to a science. Head to the show notes for example sites and pricing information, and you can get the professional yet beautiful website of your dreams on the platform of your choice. You can even book a free call with our web design team if you have questions or you want to talk about your specific needs. With new play spaces popping up all over the country at a rapid pace, you do not want to wait until you have a new competitor to finally get a professionally done website because it can make all the difference in the world for your customers in 2024. We look forward to helping you convert your vision into reality and in turn, convert more browsers into buyers. If you're in the play and party business and you want to operate with more ease and joy, all while making the living you dreamed of, I created the Profitable Play Podcast just for you. Join me, your host, Michelle Caruana, for Small But Mighty Tips Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays that will all add up to a big impact on your mindset, your business, and your bottom line. Stick with me to keep the passion and grow the profit in your play or party-based business. Hey there, Playmakers. Welcome back. It's episode 262 of the Profitable Play Podcast, and it's me, your host, Michelle Caruana. So real quick, before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you that if you have a question that you'd like me to answer on the show, or if you have a topic that you'd like me to cover, or if you have a guest expert suggestion, or even just a topic that you know is outside of my wheelhouse, but you'd like to hear talked about and covered on the show, let me know. I'd be happy to do a little bit of research and find a guest expert to bring that information to you. So my Instagram is linked in the show notes of this episode. Please feel free to reach out and DM me with any questions or topics that you'd like me to cover or any suggestions that you have for this podcast or my YouTube channel or my courses or anything like that. I love connecting with you over on Instagram and I love getting your suggestions because I want to create episodes that you actually want to listen to and that actually move your business forward. So again, follow my Instagram, send me a DM. I am more than happy to take your suggestions for this podcast. But without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. So there may be snow on the ground right now where you live, like there sure is outside my window here in New York, but it is that time of year again. Yes, it's time to talk summer camps. And you might be thinking, you know, gosh, Michelle, it's way too early to think about summer. I'm still recovering from the holidays. But eh, that is incorrect. In fact, I can pop into any mom's group in my local area right now, and I can guarantee you there are at least 12 posts from the last 24 hours alone asking about summer childcare options. And many local parents, including myself, are already making decisions and putting down deposits to secure the summer camp options that best fit our needs and our kids' interests. 
Now, I've talked about summer camps several times before on this podcast, including marketing tips for booking out your summer camp programs back in episode 158. I've talked about how to actually execute and run your summer camps for the best possible customer and staff experience back in episode 159, and I even spent an entire podcast episode answering your questions about hosting summer camps back in episode 160 of this podcast. So if you're looking for more information about how you can actually legally operate drop-off programs without a daycare license, or if you're looking for tried and true tips from someone who tried many different methods of hosting camps, some of which worked, some of which absolutely did not work, go back and listen to those three episodes. Because I share my tips not only from my own experience, but also those I've gathered from Playmaker Society, my membership for indoor playground owners over the past six or so years. So in those episodes, we talk about how to hire the best camp leaders, how to use social media to promote your camps effectively, how to lean into your space's unique strengths and layout to differentiate your camps from your competitors, how to choose your camp themes along with some ideas, how to figure out which ages you want to accommodate, all that. But in this episode, I wanted to add a couple more marketing tips specifically into that mix that expand a bit on what we've already discussed and especially what seems to be working best right now in 2024 to book summer camps at indoor playground facilities. Here we go. All right. Number one, host camp preview days. This first one can be especially helpful if you've never offered drop-off options before. It can help you figure out where and when is best to host drop-offs in your unique facility and what types of activities work well, since each space and business is different. In episode 159, again, I talked about how it took us several rounds of trial and error to figure out the best possible structure and timeline and location for our camps. So hosting these one-day mini camps can be really helpful to you prior to putting those final touches on your summer camp information if you're planning on doing longer days or five-day summer camp sessions. Over the holiday break, for example, many indoor playgrounds hosted one, two, or three-day drop-off camps to help parents out. And while winter break is over, there are several opportunities coming up for you to execute these quote-unquote preview days. There's Martin Luther King Jr. Day where kids will be off of school. There's President's Day. We in New York have a February break. There's Easter break coming up and so much more. These can be great opportunities for you to dip your toe in the water of offering drop-off care as well as give you the opportunity to take some pictures and get some testimonials so that you can use these in your upcoming summer camp marketing materials. As a parent, I'm always looking for reviews from real parents who have entrusted their children at a facility and have had a great experience before I'm hitting that register button for my own kids. So if you do plan to offer these one-day or one-week spring break mini camps, ensure you're getting photo releases and follow up with the families who register and ask for feedback so that you can successfully convert these bookings into rebookings from those same customers over the summer, as well as get new bookings from people who see and read their testimonials and their stories. All right, tip number two, host summer camp open houses. So similar to preview days, hosting an open house can be a great way for families who 
either aren't yet customers or aren't really familiar with your space and your staff yet to become more comfortable and get to know you so they can decide whether or not you'd be a good fit for their child for camp. And this is a great option if you know you want to do summer camps, but you're just not quite ready to do mini camps or day camps or preview days, if you will, or if you just can't quite fit them into your schedule. So for example, I know for us, we were at capacity with a wait list for all winter and spring school holidays. And because we didn't have a private classroom, we would have had to have been crazy to try and add drop-off camps or drop-off care into that chaos. But summer, on the other hand, was extremely slow for us for open play, so that additional drop-off income was absolutely necessary. And if you're in an area like New York that does have true season, so it's cold in the winter and your customers get all cooped up and stir-crazy, and then you have pretty mild summers where everyone just has to get outside because their outdoor window is so limited, like in New York, it's literally a three-month time period, trust me, you too will need to make up for that seasonal dip in open play and party traffic, and summer camps are an amazing high-ticket option for that. And outside of adding to your bottom line and making up for that seasonal dip, summer camps are a great way to serve your customers because, as we all know, childcare options are far and few between for many families, so they need more options. Even if you can't offer full-day camps or if you don't want to, don't let that stop you. There are families out there whose needs will match your offerings. My husband and I, for example, we work from home during the summer, and we don't necessarily want or need those full-day camps that a lot of parents need who work outside of the home. We would be so happy if there was a facility near us that offered two or three hours of drop-off care to just allow us to run errands or take calls where we need complete silence. So I promise you, even if you're not interested in offering those full-day camps, again, don't let that stop you from trying out summer camps. So anyway, a summer camp open house was a great way for us to introduce camps as an offering, and it gave us a chance to answer any questions in person and address any concerns, since many of the parents who'd be utilizing summer camps were working parents, so they didn't typically have much of a chance to visit us during our open play hours, which were typically during their working hours, and ask questions and tour our facility. We would choose a weeknight and allow families to come to this open house for free, take a pamphlet or a brochure, let their kids do some of the activities or crafts that were similar to the ones that we'd be offering during camps, and this system worked really well for us. And if you want to convert as many of these open house attendees into bookings as possible, you can try offering a special discount or bonus for making a reservation then and there, like during the open house. And I like to tell people in advance that they'd be getting a special offer during the open house hour specifically so that they weren't surprised and so that parents came with their schedules in tow ready to make a decision if they did feel like we were a good fit for their child. All right, tip number three, give your members or your email list early access. So something I've seen other owners do really well is rewarding their best customers and current followers by giving exclusive or early access to camp registration. This shows your current customer base that you value and care about them most, and it incentivizes others to follow you or get on your email list or become a part of whatever community 
is getting that special treatment. And this one's extra effective if you have a very limited number of spots. Like for example, if you're doing a camp preview day and you only have like 15 spots available, or if you know your summer camps will sell out. This will trigger that sense of urgency and scarcity in your customers and will move them to make a decision more quickly. So Alara Owens, the owner of Project Play in Texas, has done this exclusive access really effectively on social media. And she's going to be on this podcast coming up, so be sure to find her business and follow her on Instagram to see the strategy in action. But also because I already know that you're going to love my conversation with her. She is just so creative and brilliant. But anyways, moving on to tip number four, give an early bird discount. So something that we added onto all of our marketing materials for our summer camp, so posters, brochures, posts, all that, was a one-time registration fee, which depending on the year was between $25 and $50. The idea behind a once-per-year registration fee is that once a family pays it once, they have more of an incentive to book more and more weeks of camp because that fee is already paid. And I don't know if you're a big fan of girl math, I definitely am. So like, for example, when I'm shopping for an outfit and it's, I don't know, a $100 blazer or something, I'll literally do in my head like, okay, I know of at least 10 opportunities coming up where I can wear this jacket. So, you know, $100 divided by 10, that's only $10 per wear. And, you know, realistically, of course, I know I'll wear it past that. But knowing that I'm going to be wearing this jacket many, many times, it decreases the cost per wear. So if somebody pays a registration fee and they book many weeks of summer camp, the actual cost of that registration goes down and down and down the more summer camps they actually book. So again, I'm a big fan of girl math, so you can call this parent math or whatever the case may be, but that registration fee actually really worked well in that way. However, between you and I, we really never intended to collect any registration fees, and In reality, we rarely did. And again, for the people that did pay the registration fee, so maybe they waited until May or June to book, they did book many weeks of summer camp to kind of spread out that registration fee. But we actually rarely collected this fee because we waived registration fees for anyone who booked before a certain date. So let's say April 1st. So this was essentially an early bird discount. This helped us book our summer camp sessions early in the season because the fee was high enough to motivate people to make a decision regarding whether or not they wanted to book. And it, again, it set us apart from our competitors and it worked really well. All right, tip number five, utilize a buy more, save more campaign. So something that we love to do was to give people a discount if they booked multiple weeks of camps or if they sent multiple siblings to one camp. So we treated each camp week as a unit just to keep it simple. Now, you may be interested in doing something a little bit more complicated, but for us, simplicity was always key in our business. So whether someone was signing up one child for three weeks of camp, or whether it was a parent signing three siblings up for one week of camp, we treated each of these situations the same. So that would be three units of camp for both scenarios. So consider offering 10% off the second, third, or fourth unit of camp because it truly is a win-win. 
So if someone is booking that many weeks of camp, they likely fall into your ideal customer profile and the kids are going to get comfortable and have a great time and your staff is going to get to know them and form that bond. Plus, the less total camp units you have to sell, the less money and energy you'll end up spending advertising your camps. So again, win-win most of the time with a few exceptions. And I talked about referral programs back in episode 158. So if you want to dive deeper into rewarding your camp customers when they get their cousins, friends, or neighbors to sign up, go back and listen to that episode. But any way that we could get people to sign up for multiple weeks of camp, again, whether it was waiving a registration fee or having a registration fee or an early bird discount or a buy more, save more campaign, it was always in our best interest to get as many weeks of camp from one customer as possible. It's convenient for them. It's a win for us. So anyways, tip number six, offer payment plans. So one thing that I did not offer but would if I was operating in 2024 is payment plans. I've definitely seen people do a deposit early on and then collect the balance closer to camp, but that's still just splitting the cost into two. And camp is expensive and the economy is rough right now. And so many families are struggling and childcare is an essential need for these families. So since we are still several months out from summer, consider offering the option to split payments into three, four, or even five or more installments to make it more accessible to more families in your area. I recently signed my kids up for camp and while I didn't necessarily need that option for payment plans in order to sign up, I did really appreciate it because after all, we just spent a lot of money over the holidays and any little bit to spread out that big chunk payment helps. All right, that wraps up today's episode, but I know summer camps are going to be top of mind for many of you listening. So if you listen to this as well as episodes 158, 159, and 160, and you still have questions, please feel free to DM me on Instagram. My profile is linked in the show notes. It's just at it's Michelle Caruana. I'm happy to do another Q&A episode so that you feel 100% prepared and confident to add drop-off camps to your business as an additional revenue stream, even if it is only seasonal. And as always, if you found these tips helpful or if you enjoyed this episode, the best way to show support for me or for the show is to leave a rating and review wherever you are listening. All right, have a great day, Playmakers. I will see you right back here on Wednesday. And I'm so excited because I am doing one of my favorite things to do, and that is interviewing a current PlaySpace owner about her business. So again, I will meet you right back here on Wednesday. Have a great week.